0: what matters ultimately is okay now we got a job to do and our agency's been very good about going out and doing the job
1: once they come in once they're introduced into colorado and it it's never that simple you know it's just it's not there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces that have to fall in line
0: Um, there will be there will be lawsuits likely there will be um you know requests for injunctions which a judge could keep the federal government from delisting
1: Welcome back to the E-Hunter newscast. I'm your host for this episode, Taren Hunt. Hope you all are doing well. Um, On today's podcast, I actually have a repeat guest. It's Randy Hampton of the Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Randy has become a good friend of mine, and he is full of a lot of great information. As most people know, wolves were uh, on the legislation, on the ballot for this past election period. And in Colorado, they passed the introduction of wolves into Colorado, and so that's a pretty hot topic. And so I got Randy, I got in contact with him and asked if he'd be willing to jump on again with me and, and chat about what happens now. Now that this is passed and it's gonna happen, what does it look like, what's the timetable? Um, Randy is full of some amazing information. He's such a great guy and I appreciate him being willing to take the time to, to chat with me on this podcast. Before we jump into the podcast, guys, um, please remember to subscribe to the podcast, share it around, if you guys would, please, um, Go on to wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Podbean, Apple Podcast, um, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever it is. If you guys could go on, leave us a review, um, give us a star rating, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Those things help us get to the top of podcast lists and things like that. So we'd appreciate it if you guys wouldn't just take just a few minutes to go on and do that for us. Also, before we get into the podcast, I want to send a huge shout out and thanks to our sponsor, Vortex Optics. Vortex sponsors everything that we do at eHunter. They are a great partner for us. We appreciate them and what they do for the eHunter name. Um, we're proud to work alongside of them. You know, they're an American-made company, and right now, you know, American Made is where it's at. I mean I shouldn't even say it right now, all the time, American Made is where it's at. And we just appreciate them. Guys, if you haven't checked out their stuff, uh, you honestly can't beat it. Um, go to vortexoptics.com check out their binoculars, their rifle scopes, red dots, tripods. I mean they they have everything and also guys, I put up on our um, our Instagram and Facebook stories just the other night um, some of their new vortex wear apparel. They have some really cool stuff. so whether you're going on a date, whether you're going to the mountains, whatever you're doing, honestly, they have apparel for everything. so um, go to their website. if you have questions about it, reach out to me. Um, my email is H, which is T-E-R-R-O-N-H, at eHunter.com. That's E-H-U-N-T-R.com. Send me message, messages with questions if, that you have about Vortex Optics in general or about their apparel line or whatever. But anyways, we appreciate them. We appreciate what they do for, for us here at eHunter. So thank you guys for listening. Appreciate your, all of your support. Let us know of any questions, comments you have, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the E-Hunter Newscast. I have a return guest today, one that I'm really excited to have on. Um, uh, today I have Randy Hampton, who is the Public Information Officer with the Colorado Parks and Wildlife. He's been on with me before, uh, we've talked about some other uh, Hot Topic articles we've had, but I don't know, this one This one might top uh, the, the Hot Topic articles, but uh, before we jump into that, uh, Randy, how are you doing today?
0: Doing fabulous. Thanks, Taryn, for for having me on, and and happy to join you. And you're right; this is probably the the topic that draws the most interest, no matter where you stand on the issue. Um, it's it's a it's a hot
1: one. It is. We've we've published so many articles on on this. Uh, well, I'll get it out of there. So, what we're going to be talking about today, um, for those that live in Colorado, people that hunt in Colorado, come to Colorado, whatever. Um, probably know about the new legislation that was passed uh in these past elections and and that is the introduction of the gray wolf into colorado and so we've done a lot of articles on this and and it is my goodness randy when we when we publish an article about wolves it's like the everybody comes to that article (laughs) and podcasts are going to be the same way (laughs) but it should be fun um we're going to try and share some information with all you guys out there uh today i I have some pre- I sent some questions to Randy before we started recording and we'll talk about those questions hopefully answer some of the questions that you all have sent in to us um, via email or or however Um, but we'll we'll jump into that Uh, Randy I know you introduced yourself last time um, but I think you know in case somebody hadn't listened to that podcast would you mind just taking a few minutes and just telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
0: sure absolutely and and taryn is as, as you uh, you know introduced me my name is randy hampton i'm a public information officer for colorado parks and wildlife started with the agency back in 2003 so uh, been around a while i took a bit of a break and moved out of state but uh, have come back and and my job is to to kind of help people understand what's going on with with parks and wildlife in the northwest region of the state so i basically cover um, you know everything uh, north of of I-70. You get to throw in the the Aspen area, um, and all the way up to the Continental Divide from the the you know Utah border to the Continental Divide from the from the Aspen area all the way north up into um, you know the the Wyoming border. So all of the northwest quarter of the state of Colorado falls into to my region. Um, and so my job is to help people understand what's going on with parks and wildlife in, in, in that part of the state.
1: Awesome. And I think for our listeners and our, our readers on on our website, you've seen Randy's name a lot. We used as a public information officer, he's the one that's putting out, um, those quotes and things like that. We use, we use him a lot in our publications, um, because we like to go to the source. Randy's that, that guy that, uh, is really that that go to for us at the Colorado Parks my life, especially in that Northwest region. Which, honestly, I mean, I did a podcast with JT Romasky, and he said the Northwest region is the best region in the the state. I'll bet you would concur with that.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, JT is my boss, so I'd never argue with him. But it's you know, it's it, the 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 joke or the you know, which is within all seriousness, you know, we we talk about the Serengeti of the west uh, you know the northwest part of colorado is a vast majority of the the deer and elk in the state um it is you know it's a a go-to spot so we know the the value of this this land in this area for for people that are involved in the outdoors we also happen to have you know the most visited forest in in terms of the white river national forest uh, you know, some of the biggest ski areas, some of the biggest recreation areas and and there's lots of challenges for that crossover between wildlife and and recreation. So um you know it's a big job, and it's a it's it's a big part of what we do in Colorado for for outdoor recreation,
1: yeah, absolutely. and i li- I'm a resident of Colorado. I live in Colorado Springs, but, I, I had a, a deer tag this year. I had an elk tag this year. And, and of course, where do I go to, to hunt both those <laughs> animals? The, the Northwest region. <laughs> How
0: did your hunts go,
1: sir? How did oh, They were great. I mean, I, well. Good, good. My, my elk hunt, I, I'll, I'll try not to go on too big of a tangent here, but I want, I do want to share this with you. I'm sure our listeners love this too. But, um, sure. we we uh, – we went to a unit that we hadn't been to before to hunt um, up by Craig, and um, mm. we we ended up actually renting llamas to take on a hunt, something I've never done wow. before, and uh, it was awesome. I mean, it was uh, it was unbelievable. We were able <laughs> to hike back in. We hiked our, our camp about three or four miles back in. Um, the llamas carried most everything. We still had, each had about 50, 60 pounds on our back, which is a lot better than 100 pounds on our back. Um, sure. Camped out there for eight days. Uh, a couple of us were lucky enough to um, get some really, really nice bulls. Um, we ended up bringing them and, back to the trailhead, and, and I, we felt like rock stars. One because we had llamas. Everybody was so interested in the llamas. Um, but then two days oh, no doubt to <laughs> have two big elk on the on those guys' bags, plus the panniers clear full of meat. I mean, everybody just everybody was videoing, taking pictures. It was it was hilarious. But oh man, such a fun hunt uh deer hunt the same way uh we hunted up by Granby, and oh man it's just a just such a great place to be such a great place to hunt i mean there really honestly there really is no better place to hunt than than that area
0: absolutely absolutely well we love we love having people come up and and come out and and uh you know it's great when people do well and we also hear those stories of people that you know maybe don't harvest but really have the opportunity to get out and and you know, kind of commune with nature and, and get together with friends in a in a sport that is socially distanced in and of itself. So, you know, it was a pretty good season, I think, across the board. We had some challenges with fire and and some of those things, and unfortunately had a, a fatal hunting incident up in Grand County um, that's drawn some attention and things like that. And so, you know, there there's the, the rough spots and, and the fire certainly had an impact um, but overall, it was a pretty good, pretty good hunting season from what I'm hearing from people as far as getting out and harvesting.
1: Yeah, you know, we actually just published the article about that uh, that fatality in Grand County. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really close to where where I was hunting at. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty sad deal. Yeah. But that, you know, that yeah, just a a,
0: a bad incident all the way around. You know, and there's not a lot of a lot of things we can talk about specifically right. to the the case because it's still got to deal with some of the 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 legal side of things but you know never want to hear about um about hunting fatalities um they're they're rare in the state um less than one a year which is pretty impressive when you consider back in the 50s and 60s we had about 10 a year so hunter education has come a long way to making hunting an incredibly safe thing, but that that's not what we're talking about today. We'll, we'll catch up on some of that. I'm sure down the road as we debrief the year 2020, but, uh, let's chat about, let's chat about wolves and, and certainly the voters, you know, by a very, very, very slim margin, um, coming back and saying, yeah, we want, we want wolves reintroduced to the the Western part of, of Colorado. So that's our next challenge
1: boy is it ever that's a great way of putting it Randy that it, it's a challenge I think you guys you guys have your hands full with this sure I mean it's
0: well it's a, we it's talked a big we talked briefly offline about it yeah you know it, we talked about it and and it would be easy I think if if you know the voters went 90 percent in either direction you know if it was 90 percent of people in favor of wolves or 90 percent of people saying no this isn't what we want. It's easier as a management agency to kind of dive into that that discussion, but this is a very very close vote, far closer than anyone predicted. Uh, Colorado State University came out with several um, you know th- th- news items and and press releases and things that said, hey, you know, eighty four percent of the people in Colorado will vote in favor of this, even seventy nine percent will vote in favor in Western Colorado, and they were they were wildly wrong um you know this was an extraordinarily close issue for the voters of of colorado but the issue is decided and and ultimately the voters um you know whether it was a small margin or not the voters said yeah wolves will be you know will be put back into western colorado and and colorado parks and wildlife will come up with the plan to do that and so that's what we're moving on to it's time to figure out all right how does this you know how does it work and how does it happen
1: you know it's funny randy i just pulled up the numbers just because i want i I knew it was close i remember watching it that night and and even the next morning looking at the actual numbers and i just pulled it up and and so close i mean it was a matter of twenty six thousand votes it was 50.4 percent yes to 49.6 percent no i mean yeah you can't get any closer than that
0: (laughs) no 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 i and you know, if you were any closer, it would trigger automatic recounts and all of those things. It wasn't quite to the level to trigger the automatic recounts, but the you know the folks that were opposed, the groups that were opposed to this, um, have not requested uh, the a recount. And you know, it's gone on and, and is certified now. And okay, um, there's no point in in arguing about that. The point now is how do we. How do we move forward, and how do we bring such a divisive issue? How do we bring all the sides to the table to to get a good, solid plan out there, a plan that works for everybody involved in this? Um, and it's a it's a hot and contentious issue, and and our challenge and, and Proposition One Fourteen that the voters passed requires the the colorado parks and wildlife commission to do a couple of things they've got to develop a plan to reintroduce and manage gray wolves in the state to take the steps necessary to do that by the end of 2023 so there's a timeline on this it's it's you know those things have to occur occur west of the continental divide and that's in the in the proposition so we know where, um, at least you know in general, and we have to develop a plan to to pay fair compensation for livestock losses caused by gray wolves. And so you know we've got now kind of the marching orders from the voters to get this plan in place. we have uh, about two years to do it, um, three. Um, by 2023, so three years to get this done, to get this plan in place and to, you know, to put wolves on the ground. Now, there's a whole bunch of questions, and that's why, you know, that's why we're even having this conversation, Taryn, is is there the, there's a bunch of questions. How, when, where, why, <laughs> all yeah. of those things. Yeah, now we got to figure it out. So I, I want to be able to answer as many questions as you've gotten from your listeners and, and and see if we can we can't help answer it. I may not be able to answer all of them because we just don't know so, and, you know
1: and that's okay that's that perfectly okay. and there's so many questions just from your your statement right there, there's so many questions that I, I want to ask you about just about what you just talked about to maybe dig in where we can like you said there, there's things that we can't mm-hmm. answer, but where we can um, sure. That that would be great, and I, Randy, I love your approach to this. You you seem very optimistic about this because I'll, I'll admit most of the response that we've gotten from not necessarily our listeners, but as you see on social media, as you see, I mean, just just kind of everywhere, it's been kind of it's been a lot of uh, a lot of negativity. So I love your approach, Randy, and that you're you're very you you seem very optimistic about this. And I would imagine that yeah, parts of my life is optimistic about it.
0: Well, I don't know, you know, and 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 I don't know if it's optimism or pessimism, but there's <laughs> there's certainly a level of pragmatism. Yes. Um, you know, ultimately, I, I guess you know there there were there were moments after the the vote, you know, where I think everybody in the agency and we're people too, you know, I think if you take Colorado Parks and Wildlife apart and you get all the the people from the agency, there were people that were in favor of it, there were people that were opposed to it because we're 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 people. And, you know, the the other reality of it is, though, it doesn't matter, you know, whether whether I was opposed to it or in favor of it personally. What matters ultimately is, okay, now we got a job to do. And our agency has been very good about going out and doing the job. Um, You know, in, in a lot of ways, this is reminiscent of I guess it was 92 when the spring bear hunt issue went on the ballot. And and, you know, we can look back at that and we can complain about it and we can wrestle with it and we can say, here's the problems it's caused and here's the things that it has done that are positive now. You know, and it's 28 years later um, and there are still people that are like, well, we need to bring back the spring bear hunt. Uh, You know, there are people that are still very much upset with what the voters decided 28 years ago. It doesn't do us any good to sit around and complain about what the voters decided. It's not our job to critique the vote. Our job now, as we have been instructed by the voters, is to figure this out moving forward. And how do we do it in a way that is best for Colorado? So, you know, it's not that the agency has a, a political opinion. The agency doesn't. All of its employees probably do. But, you know, that's not our role as an agency. Our role as an agency is to go, okay, you've told us what to do. Now we're going to figure out the best way to do that based on science, based on, you know, the social factors, based on the economic factors. How are we going to do that? And you're right. There's a whole bunch of questions, you know, how many wolves? When are we getting them? Where are they going? And, and those are the questions that, you know, that a lot of people are asking because they they, you know, they think, oh, okay, I voted for this. Now, you know, the truck should start rolling and, and it doesn't work that way. Um, the, you know, we're going to put together a plan and we're going to bring everybody to the table to say, how do we, you know, how do we do this? How do we do this without having negative implications or at least minimizing those negative implications on livestock producers how do we how do we assess what impact this will have for for deer for elk for moose in colorado um you know how do we begin to see there were a lot of a lot of people out there saying oh well this will solve the chronic wasting disease problem Eh, probably not yeah (laughs) um but you know there there's a whole bunch of of work we have to do, a bunch of, of, of things we, we have to monitor, you know, wolves have not typically been in areas where, where chronic wasting disease is prevalent, but chronic wasting disease is prevalent in Colorado. And so, you know, what will be the impact? Science will tell us that over time. Um, But, you know, we, we've got to, we're going to have to figure that out. We're going to have to monitor all of those things. So,
1: so what does it look like logistically for the Colorado Parks and Wildlife as far as as planning this? I mean, do you do you all have meetings scheduled? Do you have? Are you reaching out to the different entities on who will be involved in this? I mean. Logistically, what does this look like for you all?
0: <laughs> well, logistically, it looks like a big job.
1: <laughs> yes. um, <and> it does. <laughs> so, it's daunting, right? my, from my point of view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: um, but you know, we don't have to have the answer tomorrow, and so right. we're, we're we're fortunate that there's a there's a timeline to this too. So, what we are doing right now is kind of putting together a. Suggested approach for the public input process because that's going to be the first thing.
1: Yeah, that was one of my biggest is,
0: questions. <laughs> right, is how do we how do we make this work?
1: Yeah. Well, there,
0: there's going to have to be probably um, you know, and and all of this will go to the the Parks and Wildlife Commission so that they can figure out if this is the plan they want. But we'll put a plan together. You know, what do we need to do uh, with Public meetings, and I would suspect there will be public meetings. Now throw COVID in there and try and have public meetings, right? Yeah,
1: you know, Virtual there'll
0: meetings. be Zoom meetings, yeah, exactly. yeah, there's, there's, or something around the state, you know. And there will be stakeholders. There are people that have a an absolute um, expectation that they'll be involved in this process, and that's everybody from, you know cattlemen and wool growers on the very concerned side to the people who supported this ballot measure, whether that's, you know, Defenders of Wildlife and some of the other organizations. Well, now it's all about to know, get all those people in the same space and have a conversation. And I don't I don't know if all those people are going to be, you know, well-behaved and, and happy to be in the same room or, you know, or what. We don't know that. We're going to put together that initial kind of plan and i think all of that you know to, to kind of get everybody together and and do we need um you know what kind of committees need to be put together there will obviously be a, a a a stakeholder group that'll have to to sit down but there'll be um, you know technical expertise that we will we will need to to tap into um and, and that's, you know, that, that's even, even potentially hiring people within the agency. We have great biologists on staff. We have people that have worked with wolves in the past in, you know, maybe other, other jobs where they've come to this agency from Montana and Idaho and Wyoming, and they, you know, they have some, some personal knowledge. But, you know, are, we're also going to have to probably bring some expertise into the agency. So, I think those are the things that are going on right now. Those are the things that we're talking about right now. Those are the things that you know we've got to decide moving forward. And 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 that's all not going to happen overnight. And
1: well, I think that's a big message to everybody that it's not going to happen overnight. And you already touched on the the three year. You know, we have till the end of two thousand. You all have the end till the end of two thousand twenty three to have a good plan in place is that a is that a reasonable timetable for something like this is that is that normal
0: (laughs) um i you know gosh it's hard to to, hard to say what's reasonable or unreasonable um, because it is what it is um there you know it it could be the most ridiculous timeline ever and there's nothing to be done about that we feel like it's it's probably a, a pretty reasonable amount of time to be able to get everybody together. Now, there are two really big challenges to even starting. There we're trying to begin a process where we're saying, okay, one, we need public input now. We already talked about one of those big challenges is COVID. If 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 all of this would have gone on 2 years ago, we would have said, okay, well, let's schedule, you know, 20 public meetings around the state of Colorado let's, let's get everybody to come in let's draw a lot of information energy perspectives let's see what you know different parts of the, the the state or at least the western part of the state's feeling on this and and what you know start to see there may be people that are out there that go hey I, I think this will help or this could go this way but you know COVID has kept us from from just jumping into to let's get some public meetings started so there's a challenge there, but there's another very, very big challenge on the table right now, and that is the federal challenge. Wolves continue to be listed as an endangered species. Now, the federal government, a few days before the election, it was October 29, came out with a ruling. They announced that they are going to delist the gray wolf from federal protection, and that will that will occur January 4th. Of, of this next year. So in about a month, a month from today. However, however, anybody that, that has watched endangered species work for the last 20 years knows one thing. Nothing gets done on that timetable. There will be lawsuits. There will be groups that want the wolf to continue to be an endangered species federally. And that has implications for how we move forward. If wolves are delisted in Colorado and we, you know, we move forward with that, that, that gives us management authority. It makes it so we can, you know, we can move forward with that management authority and we can get wolves and we can put them into Western Colorado with wolves not being delisted. They remain under the control of the federal government. Now it doesn't mean we can't move forward; it just means we have to do a different process. Um, there's what are what are called 10J non you know uh, experimental populations, and there's some ways that it can get done. Obviously, wolves were reintroduced in Yellowstone, and and they were still on the endangered species list, so it doesn't prohibit it from happening. It just means there's a different process. But that is the overarching kind of first question that really has to be answered, and frankly, it may not get answered. These lawsuits can go for you know years and years and years. So we're really working in the dark a bit with, okay, we're going to try and develop a plan to reintroduce wolves as either an endangered species or you know federally endangered species or not. And so that's kind of out of our hands. Um, so we'll we'll proceed. Um, but but realize the you know the ground is shifting and will probably shift again in thirty days in one way or another. Um there will be there will be lawsuits likely, there will be um, you know, requests for injunctions, which a judge could keep the federal government from delisting the wolf. So, you know, all of those things have to kind of start to play out as we move forward. So it you know, there's there's a lot that's out of our hands. But we've been told to march, so we we need to
1: march. And I appreciate you clarifying that because I think a lot of people think that once that announcement came out that they were going to be delisted from federal, the federal endangered species list. I, I think a lot of people thought that boom, right there and then, they're off the list. It's under the CPW's management once they come in, once they're introduced into Colorado, mm-hmm. and it it's never that simple. You know, it's just it's not. There's a no. lot of there's a lot of pieces that have no. to fall in line.
0: And even if even if the the rule goes into effect January fourth, nobody steps in and and sues and, and Colorado becomes the managers of wolves, wolves in the state of Colorado are still a state endangered species. So there's still penalties. It's not like somebody can just go out and start, you know, shooting wolves or breeding them. There's still state penalties that apply in all of, all of those cases, as, as we manage them as a state species of concern. So, you know, it doesn't just radically, um, you know, change everything. There's still state level implications for it. So, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that people can just go out and go, okay, let's get rid of these wolves. Um, That, that can't happen. So, you know, it's, it's, it's it's so many layers, so many moving parts.
1: Well, that kind of cuts to a question that uh, probably the question I've gotten the most. Well, maybe not the most, but a lot. And that's, are we going to be able to hunt these these wolves once they're introduced and have the population? I think it's twelve hundred. Am, am I right on that? Is it twelve hundred wolves they're going to introduce? Well,
0: that that number's well, that number is not actually set. Oh, okay. Um, that 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 it will be part of the process is what will that number be?
1: I wonder where I got that um
0: there's record. a lot of people that have yeah, there's a lot of people out there that have come up with numbers and said, oh, this is about what that would be. And you know, there's 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 organizations that have, you know, provided their own thoughts on that. Um, we're gonna work with the best available science to determine, all right, what does that look like in in western Colorado? Um, so so the number's not set. We don't know, you know, what that'll be. The plan will come up with that. What I can tell you in regard to the question of hunting, what I can tell you is that species in Colorado, once they are, um, you know, established and we have a, a, a population objective established and met. The way that we traditionally manage species is through hunting. Um, If you take a look at moose, you know, moose are this iconic critter, and and everybody loves Colorado's moose. Well, you go back to 1980, and there weren't any. Um, You know, there were occasional ones that would wander in. Well, you know, it was the sportsman's dollars that went to bring moose, Back into Colorado to reintroduce them. They were reintroduced in North Park in the in the early 80s, and they've they've thrived. And since then, there have been reintroductions in, uh, you know, the Creed area, reintroductions on the Grand Mesa, um, and the, and the and they're they're spreading out on their own, and they're really doing a very good job. But now in Colorado, we hunt moose, um, so it's it's likely that you know and and nobody knows how far down the road that would be but it's likely when they reach whatever number is established by the process that that hunting would be one of those management tools at some point the population you know has to have that kind of that top-end number is where do we have it so that the, you know, for the health of the wolves that are here, they don't become overpopulated. They don't decimate, uh, you know, other species. They don't get into more conflict than is necessary because there's not enough space for them. So, you know, something has to be done to kind of manage that level to whatever is determined to be Colorado's level. And hunting would you know would be the traditional way that we as an agency have done that
1: i I think that's one bright spot people are looking at with uh well as far as hunters are looking at now that it's been Mm -hmm. you know passed Mm -hmm. the vote has passed i think okay well you know there's there's a lot of us hunters myself included i'd love to go hunt wolves Mm -hmm. you know i've thought about going to idaho or wherever to hunt wolves and so sure i think that's one Silver lining, I guess I will say, out of mm-hmm. this is that people hunters may have that possibility to hunt wolves within Colorado. So let me ask you. A sure, question.
0: and and down the road, that's that's you know a likely tool in our tool kit that will be used to to manage the population. Now, you know, there there's a long ways to go before we get there.
1: Yes, yeah, that's gonna be a lot of years away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Don't don't expect that to be 2024 if we get wolves on the ground in 2023. You've got to make sure that there's a population that's sustaining itself and and all of those things. But um, it's definitely a a tool that that is traditionally used and would likely be used in this case to, to manage populations.
1: Gotcha. Let me ask you a couple kind of random questions. You probably don't there probably is not an answer to these questions at this point, okay. but, sure. but they are questioners that my listeners sure. sent in to me. And I, 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 I'm curious as well. So I'll, I'll kind of, kind of a two part okay. question. Um, the first one is, do, do they know where the wolves will be relocated from? And then as far as introduction, is it going to be like a mass introduction or are they going to do it slowly? Have they, have they had any kind of those kind of conversations at this point?
0: Not entirely. So, you know, when, when, when it comes to where they're going to come from, it's likely they they would come from the states that already have them. Um, and, you know, we've had some very preliminary conversations with those states, you know, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, um, even, you know, California, Oregon, Washington are, are getting some into, into some of their kind of Eastern regions. And, you know, those states are, are are probably willing to work with us when the time comes, so I would suspect that 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 would be where they would come from, would be the other states that already have them and they seem willing to share. Now, as far as numbers and how, that's going to come down to best available science, is where are they going to go, Um, and, you know, what's best to do, and that's going to take kind of research and how did everybody else do it you know if you bring in a pack is that a, a pack of eight and you put them somewhere or you know do you try to bring in uh, bigger groups and and just you know throw them out there and hope they do whatever they're supposed to do and form enough packs and all that's going to take a a lot of a lot of research there's there's so many moving parts to this taryn for example you know do you do you bring in wolves and let's say they're not an endangered species. Let's say that the the, the federal government does delist them. Um, where do you put them? Well, can you put them on public land? Can you just go out to you know the the White National Forest and go, hey, great news, you know, you're getting wolves. Well, <laughs> <a> good question. <laughs> there's there's certainly yeah, well, there's certainly some some questions there in terms of you know environmental policy reviews and federal reviews at that level would that be necessary if wolves are placed on public land potentially there's a big process that has to happen well what about private land what if a private landowner came out and said well you know yeah you can put wolves on my land well then what's what happens when the wolves leave that land because they're not going to even if it's a massive ranch they're not going to stay necessarily right on that ranch how do we you know how do we answer those questions and and it's really going to be about getting everybody together and going okay here's you know here's all the the particulars one of the challenges is the 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 initiative itself calls for us to develop a plan to pay for losses with livestock producers it is something that we do for for mountain lions and bears in colorado mountain lion or bear eat your cow we Pay for the the loss of the cow. Well, it's a little bit tricky because the state statute says we can only pay losses for game species. So mountain lions are a game species. They're a hunted species in Colorado. So we can pay losses when a mountain lion kills something. We can pay losses when a bear kills something because bears are a hunted species, so we have an income stream of hunting licenses that pays for those losses. Wolves, when they are initially brought into Colorado or even those that have migrated into Colorado and are already here, are not a game species, so the statute actually prohibits us the way it's written now from paying for those losses. And there's a bit of a conflict now with, you know, this initiative that's passed that says, you know, you got to come up with a plan. So we're going to have to work with the legislature. There's there's laws that have to be looked at, reviewed, and and, you know, maybe tweaked that have to go into this process as well. There's a lot of moving parts. And so we're going to take our time and do this in a wise way. Nobody wants to, to mess it up. And we've got a lot of experience. Like, we already talked about moose. Let's talk about lynx. Lynx were brought in as an endangered species, as a, a 10-J, you know, kind of experimental population. We brought lynx into Colorado, and, and frankly, we didn't do a very good job of it. At least initially, we made mistakes. And some of those mistakes led to, you know, links out there starving on the landscape because we brought them in at the wrong time of year. We, we learned from that and we went, oh, hey, wait a second. Okay, we got to do that different. We learned from it. And, and we've been very, very successful since then. So we have experience with these things, but we also know it takes time to figure out all those moving parts and make sure everything is in place to do this in a wise way and like i said that's where you know that's where science and sociology and and finance all come into play as we we try and figure out a lot of these things
1: well that's a great thing about the people that you have there at the colorado parks and wildlife is you you have the professionals like i said i, I talked to jt about this and you know I, us as hunters, we know everything. If, you, if you've ever talked to one of us, we, we just know it <laughs> sure. all. So just ask us. No, but in all seriousness, you know, you do have the professionals there that have experience with this, whether it be introducing a different animal into Colorado or whether it be introducing wolves into another state. Like you said, you've had other people that have come into Colorado, the Colorado Parks and Wildlife from other states. So so having their knowledge, I think, is going to help immensely. But and even at the end of the day, I'm sure there'll still be mistakes. Honestly, I mean, you know, there's sure. still going to th- be tweaks that, that y'all are going to have to make once they're introduced. Like, oh, well, probably shouldn't have put them there or probably shouldn't have introduced right. them at that time. You know, those. I think those things are going to happen, don't you?
0: Well, absolutely. And, and you know, because nothing, nothing like this has ever been done. I mean, we can look to Idaho and say, hey, what mistakes did you make? You know, and they'll tell us. And, and we can look to – montana and we can look to the national park service at yellowstone and we can say okay what you know what mistakes were there what should we be mindful of what should we be watching for and the reality is those states aren't colorado we have you know six million people in the state of colorado and throw in another you know couple million of, of visitors there's, there are a lot of people on the ground. I mean, we have more people in Colorado than all of those states—Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho combined. We and and we're in a state the size of you know what what Wyoming has. So you know even those states saying hey be careful about this or be careful about that. Um, you know when when we get a, 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 you know wolves on the ground they're going to be interacting with people likely far more than what those experiences have have seen in other places so there will be mistakes there will be things that we're going to have to figure out and deal with and bridges will cross as we go so um you know hopefully everybody on on all sides will be patient and i i I, that's a that's a great thing to say but it's not a, a very um, you know, it's not a very
1: realistic, doesn't always <laughs> happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah happen. And especially when you
0: get an issue that is, you know, 50.49% to 49.51% split right down the middle. Yeah, It, it leaves us with that feeling of, well, I guess if we make everybody mad, we're doing the right thing. <laughs> right. And that's not necessarily our policy approach, but, with this issue, um, it's one of those things that you have to look at and you go, wow, man, you know, we're, we're going to make nobody happy. Oh well. Um, you know, (laughs) we'll do the best we can.
1: Exactly. It's what was voted in. And at that point, like you said, you, you you can have your own personal opinions about it, but at the end of the day, you got to get in and and do your job and, and figure out the best way to manage it. And then, and then tweak it as it goes on. And it actually, Randy that's kind of my I'll I'll ask you this question and I'll get you out of here on this on this question is do you uh, historically I know you know with other game animals there's like a periodic time frame of when you guys reevaluate plans and and develop new plans for those animals will will wolves be along that those same lines will you guys reevaluate every two years every year I mean have you guys talked about that of how often you'll really reevaluate the plans for them
0: I believe that, you know, it'll be like most of the species that we
1: manage
0: where we will kind of constantly do that, that review. Um, You know, even with hunting of of elk, that's a five-year big game season structure process. You know, every five years we're really taking a look at season dates and, and, you know, all of those things. So it's, it, you know, you can't just throw them out there and go, OK, good to go, you know, and, and walk away. There's there's things that will change. So we'll be we'll be monitoring those things, of course. Um, and part of this uh, proposition even even says, you know, we're we're to kind of develop a plan and continue to to, you know, advance the plan. So there will be, um, you know, kind of constant review of of what's happening out there um, and and we'll do that. Let me, let me close it with this, Taryn, and I think this is probably the thing that, that I hope most of your listeners will understand. Because this is a public process, we need the public involved. If people sit back and say, well, let's see what they come up with, then they have no expectation that it's going to be anything close to what they want or need or feel. And so, you know, people need to be involved. Sports people need to be involved. Hunters need to be involved. The, the January Parks and Wildlife Commission meeting, if, you know, pay attention. If this is an issue that you believe you have a stake in, pay attention, follow the, 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 the press releases, the meeting announcements that the agency puts out, and be involved. Because I can assure you that there are other people that will be involved, and and you know we need everybody at the table.
1: Yeah, the proof is in the pudding. There will be others involved. I, I had a chance to visit some of those uh, meetings before the vote, and yeah, uh, people uh, obviously on living on the eastern side of the the Continental Divide, I, a lot of different folks. Myself at those at those meetings, um, but you're you're absolutely right those hunters out there, the sportsmen and women, um, really whatever you enjoy doing, if it, like you said, if this is something that impacts you and it does as hunters, absolutely. I mean, I've had people reach out to me saying, Oh, hunting's done in Colorado. I think mean, that's very dramatic, but, um, you know, <laughs> sure. those kind of things, but you're right. If that's your, your thought on this, then, then yeah, you need to get out. You need to be involved. You need to, just cause the vote has happened. Doesn't mean we still can't be involved in this, this, they'll be introduced, but I think we still have a lot of say in it as a public uh, of what will happen. Obviously, we'll lean on you all as professionals to to make the final decisions, but, you know, myself included, I I have, you know, uh, this plays a big role in my life. Hunting is a big part of my life, and I love hunting Mm -hmm. in Colorado, especially we already talked about it, the northwest region of Colorado where these wolves will be introduced, Mm -hmm. and so I feel like I have a you know, uh, uh, this impacts me in a, in a big way. So myself included, and everybody that's listening that if you feel like you're involved in this and impacted by this, get involved. So
0: yeah, stay involved, stay yeah. involved. It's really, it's really, really critically important that as we, as an agency and as the, the parks and wildlife commission is our, our appointed oversight body move forward that they hear from all the people that are involved in this issue. And I think, Ultimately, all of us, and I say us because I live in Grand Junction, all of us in Western Colorado are certainly involved. Um, and, and so, you know, stay involved. We'll, we'll do the best we can. But the only way we can do the best we can is if we, we hear from people, because we still represent everybody. We don't just represent the 50.49%. We also have to represent the 49.51% that voted against this measure, um, and 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 we're going to do what the voters asked. We have an obligation to do that, but we want to do it in a way that is intelligent, um, that is thought out, and that is using science as its basis. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. we were our our emotions on our cuff as on our sleeve as uh, as hunters and so I appreciate you saying that that that's that that'll be your approach it'll be a scientific sure. approach a smart approach and <laughs> sure you know, we, we appreciate well and if we
0: if we mess it up just call us and yell at us you know people do that anyway so <laughs> we're, always, we're always open for that my you know I'm always open for that I, I i I you know get in that position where I have to argue with people constantly and and that's okay that's my job so i, I we don't mind it one bit.
1: But if you're going to call Randy and yell at him and argue with him, at least make sure that you're somewhat involved and know what you're talking about, though. I will throw that out that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, Randy, thank you so much for jumping on again you with bet, me. This, this has been such a hot topic item. Like I said, I've gotten so many drastic emails. I've gotten so many comments mm-hmm. that have just been a little bit off the wall. But for the most part, people are genuinely concerned. They generally want to do – um, what's best for Colorado, what's best for, you know, the situation. We understand that the vote has happened, and, and you know, we'll live with it and, and appreciate what you guys do. So I appreciate you, uh, again, taking the time to, to educate myself and, and our listeners about this.
0: You bet. Taryn, thank you for having us on. Thanks, thanks E-Hunter, for, for, you know, putting this out. And, and uh, like I said, we'll hopefully see everybody as this process moves forward.
1: Yep, absolutely. All right, thanks, Randy. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Thanks, Karen. Take care.
1: yeah absolutely yeah even if we don't right yeah if you make it over this way, even if we can't record a podcast, I'd love to buy you lunch or something like that, just to yeah like I said, meet you in person and shake your hand sounds good, all right, Randy. Well, I'll let you go i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on another one. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. See ya. All right. Bye.